What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening to us on whatever platform that may be. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, Tyler and I will make some early predictions for the Super Bowl and NFL awards. We'll also talk about some of the other headlines from around the league as we get closer to the start of the regular season. We'll also discuss Rajon Rondo returning to the Lakers and some new rumors regarding Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers. All this and more on episode 209 of the Sports Kingdom show coming up right now. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 209 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Scholar. Joining me as always, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. What's up, TP? How you living, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's almost the end of summer. It's been a it's been a long summer, a good summer. Yes, it's. Uh, um, but it's it's now it's it's football season. A fish. Just about, yeah. We got uh we got Labor Day this weekend, and that's that's, that's usually really, the, that's the end of summer. The end of summer, yeah. and and next week we got the start of the football season. We got games next week. I mean, eight days we got a game. A week from tomorrow. Week from tomorrow. But I think one of the signs that it really truly was the end of the summer or getting close to the end of the summer was having that Jake Paul Tyrone Woodley fight on a Sunday night because once football starts, you can't really do that. No, yeah, no, that's true. Like that was Showtime had a great I thought that was a great idea uh to do it on a on like the last Sunday night. Yeah. Obviously, before Labor Day, when it's a holiday and people are probably going to be out and doing whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, well, with COVID and the pandemic, who knows what people should really be doing? I'm not. I'm not going to be the one to tell them what to do. Um, but um, it's Labor Day. Yeah. Um, but going back to Showtime doing it on a Sunday night, and they, they can't really do that during NFL season. But what, what did you think of the the Jake Paul Tyrone Woodley fight, Tyler? Oh boy. Well, I mean, it was the most legit event that like those guys have put on yet as far as like the paul brothers fights. yes definitely um, it was a real event real boxing uh undercard um you know they gave out a bell at the fight before so it was um that that woman's fight was intense yeah and fury is a and uh you know little tommy fury is a big name in boxing too uh tyson and in fury, the reality tv world apparently Ty- tyson fury's little brother yeah um so i mean this was a legit event you know, Tyson Fury I, called out, or Tyson Fury's little brother Tommy called out Jake Paul after his fight. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, I mean, of course, 
you know, I don't know what to say as far as like the outcome. It's it's tough. I just I don't I don't understand. You know, I mean, he's a good he's a good boxer. Um, he he as far as Jake Paul goes, Jake Paul is a good boxer. Um, but it just didn't seem like Woodley was really trying to finish him. I mean. Paul you think did, he threw it? You think this is a Ben Askren type situation? There's parts of me that I wow, mean, I'm shocked, Tyler. The most, the most, the there's two things that were a little like concerning. Um, one was uh, so Woodley landed the biggest shot of the night, put him in the ropes. Yeah, um, the, the ropes rope, really saved him. The ropes caught him, which is why they're there. Uh, so that's <laughs> not a big surprise. But um, he didn't. He just he just stood there. He didn't. I mean, he didn't go for a finish. He didn't. He didn't try to take him out like instantly afterwards he wasn't like advantageous uh when he was kind of wobbling and then you know afterwards to like ask for another fight again it just seems like you know this is for money which oh, it may it's for be. sure for money it was his biggest payday ever which yeah which is which is cool like i mean get your money you're at the end of your career um you got nothing to prove but at the same time it's like damn how did you you know and and jake's a, a big dude a bigger guy than Tyron Woodley. He's a younger guy. So this is all the same reasons why I'm nervous to watch every single one of these fights is because they're lined up uh, for for them to win. You know, Woodley's definitely the most respectable, violent person they fought. Yeah, he was definitely Jake Paul's toughest but, and, and yeah. most, I think, experienced opponent. It's like, I hate to say it, Tyron Woodley did the most damage, and I think has like you know he's a snappier boxer he looks cleaner um but jake paul like wore himself into the ground i mean he was exhausted which tells me you know his effort was was all the way up the whole time and well and it was the first time he had gone past the first round i don't know i don't know if i could you know i don't think i could score that any other way other than like paul five woodley three you know rounds i don't even know if woodley won three though and that that's that's what I mean. That's like the best you can do, really. There's no I don't think there's any way just purely off of Jake Paul's activity. I think that fourth round was maybe the only one that you well, realistically the only one that you could say was Tyrone Woodley's definitively. Yeah, well, I mean, he landed the biggest shot too, so um it's just it was it was funny that he showed no respect to him in the post game. That was good. I well, he's got to get the tattoo. Um yeah, but I mean, he get it get a tattoo right over it. You know. Yeah, or he could get it removed. Like yeah, it's, it's very it's simple. It's no big thing. And and I thought it was funny that the Paul brothers came with all this respect and whatnot, and well, Tyron Woodley didn't want any of it. So I think, and I think because that's good, dude. You keep, don't don't like change your game now. You know, you're a disrespectful little shithead to me before. You know, keep it, keep keep that same energy. You know. Yeah, I guess. But I think what I really took away from the fight. And really, I think the production of how Showtime broadcasted it, they really portrayed Jake as, like, a real boxer. No, I mean, obviously, the announcers were were all in on him. Um, I think... You know, it's his hometown. It's his arena. It, it, was, it was. But the crowd was pretty split. There no, were a lot was. of people in it there was. rooting for Tyrone Woodley. For sure. Um, but, I mean, the, the production was the best so far, and the production was built around Jake Paul. Well, I mean, yeah, Jake Paul is the reason why everybody was there that night. Exactly. And, I mean, he paid fighters, to, so he gave them, you know, bigger cuts, so they all got their biggest paydays ever, everyone on the card. 
Um, so it's like there's some good stuff going on here. Uh, I don't think that – I mean, we'll see if Tyrone Woodley – but it doesn't seem like that's the fight that Jake Paul is going to take. I, it's not that I don't think he'll take it. It's just I don't think he wants another fight with Tyrone Woodley. No, I think he what, wants to set I mean. his sights he, higher. He already, went, he already went the distance with him, um, and in, in doing so, that was a win. Now, did you gain more respect for Jake Paul as a boxer than you had before this fight, or does it stay the same? Or um, I think I gained I, more, honestly. I yeah, definitely I mean, gained more. It's tough not to say you gained more. Um, just because he's got another fight under his belt, more experience. Um, he was able to go more rounds, and he kept his activity up. So, you know, it, it, did he gain more respect as a boxer? Sure. Do I know what he would do if he boxed a boxer? I don't know, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, well, that's obviously the wait-and-see game, but like I was saying with the wait. But weight, this right now, he's killing it at, you know, he's making money, and you can't, you, you can't hate on him or you're losing. And he's still undefeated. Yeah. But like I was saying, with the way Showtime was presenting it with him as like a, a real boxer, in, in all of the interviews that I, I saw during the broadcast, the way Jake was carrying himself, it really seemed like he had found like a true passion and, and purpose in boxing. And I mean, him and his brother moved down to Puerto Rico for their training camp and they're like living down there full time and they're they're just going to the gym every day and training. Um, so... No, he's putting in the time, putting in the work. You know, he's still young in the game. He's still a young person in general. Um, so he's only going to get better with work. And boxing, boxing, you get what you put in. You know, you get out what you put in. So hard work can take you a long ways. And it's, I mean, boxing is essentially all hard work, dedication, discipline. So if he's got that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to only get better. Yeah, definitely. Now, uh, a couple other quick notes before we get into the main topics uh, of the night. I did get to go to the Dodger game on Monday. Uh, my first time going to Dodger Stadium since it was back to full capacity. Um, luckily, I did have sweet tickets, uh, so yeah. that, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, uh, all, all pun intended. So you weren't with the you weren't with the peeps. Uh, no, but I was with some other peeps. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was I was with my boys Jeff, Rafi, and Allen. Uh, so it was great getting to take the boys to the games. Uh, and so, I mean, we got to see a Dodger victory. They won five to three. Uh, there was like three home runs in the game for the Dodgers. So so that was obviously a lot of fun. Um, the Dodgers, they're currently playing the Braves right now. Uh, they were playing the Braves on Monday. It was the first game of that series. It was Mookie Betts bobblehead night. So I was obviously rocking my Mookie Betts jersey. And I, I, I got the Mookie Betts bobblehead at home, uh, sitting on my shelf now with with the rest of my bobbleheads uh, and, and my collection of those. So uh, it was it was just an overall fun night. Uh, getting to see the Dodgers win is always always fun because the last time I went to a game earlier this season back in May uh, when they were playing the the hated Giants, who they're playing this weekend, actually, um, the, the Giants beat the Dodgers back in May when I was at the game. Uh, but the Dodgers, they're currently up one nothing on the Braves uh, in the second inning, and they have won the series already with the Braves because uh, it's a three-game series. The Dodgers won the first two games. Today's the last game of the series. But the Dodgers, they find themselves a half game out of first place behind the San Francisco Giants. So if the Dodgers can win tonight, Wednesday night, the Giants lose again to the Milwaukee Brewers, the Giants and Dodgers would be tied for first place, or the Dodgers might even have a half-game lead. 
Uh, I'm, I can't remember how the math works out, but with the series coming up this weekend, Dodgers-Giants, it's, it's really the most pivotal series for the Dodgers trying to get back into first place with a month left to go in the regular season. It's time to push. I, I see the Mariners are 10 games above 500, but I don't know. I don't trust it. This is typically when the wheels fall off. <laughs> hey, exactly. There's still a month to go. There, there's still a month left of chaos to be had. They're just in a tough division, too. I mean, it's uh, it's rough over there. Yeah, but it was it was nice getting to go to, to the Dodger game and uh, see some live sporting. Yeah, no, definitely get the energy back. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. The, the energy in, in the um, – in the stadium was electric when Mookie Betts hit a hit a home run on his own bobblehead night, so that that was uh, that was pretty cool to see. Now, last thing, Tyler, we got to talk about this Bishop Sycamore yeah. fake high school that got wow. on ESPN to to play on national TV. They played IMG Academy, the famed like just sports high school. I don't I don't really know any other way to put it. Um, they this fake high school of literally adults yeah got blown out like 58 to nothing by high schoolers what were your thoughts when you first saw this well i mean they got blown out because they're not like a team that's been playing together you know what i mean it's it's like an all-star team you're not yeah. gonna have this apparently they played a game like two days before yeah yeah two games in three days or whatever but you know img's been working with the same players same kids like bringing them up through a program um so i mean i think chemistry goes a long way like you know my high school team and the junior college team like my high school team would have ran them over but it was just because we you know we were we knew what we were doing you know what i mean yeah this you guys was, have been in the system for four years yeah yeah just that that i mean obviously there'd be big plays made by the junior college kids because you're men playing against boys essentially but um it's just crazy that they were able to pull that off uh for that long i don't know how they fell through the cracks and got by so many like producers at ESPN to where they were able to dupe them into putting them on a nationally televised game and people yeah. are watching I mean, thinking IMG, these are high man. school kids. IMG brings a lot of juice. Well, IMG brings a lot of juice, but it's like ESPN has to vet these schools and all of that to to make yeah. sure like they had like this Bishop Sycamore High School said they had multiple top Division One recruits on their team, but realistically, it was like a couple like twenty three year olds that had missed out on playing junior college for whatever reason. Yeah, and yeah. they're they're just trying to get whatever football is left out of out of these guys. Yeah, trying to get exposure. I mean, you, you know, they could still get picked up. Yeah, I mean, I guess they technically still have college eligibility. Yeah, I mean, that's why they were doing it. They were trying to get these kids exposure. It doesn't matter if they're, you know, 20 playing IMG. If they're if they were balling out against IMG, they could play football. Yeah, but they ended up getting blown out 58 to nothing. Yeah, no, that's that's crazy. And that's definitely because, you know, they're just something thrown together and they played a game two days before. Yeah. But, all right, now. Unreal movie script stuff. Yeah, I I hope ESPN makes a 30 for 30 out of this at, yeah. after all of it. It will be interesting to see if any of these kids actually make it from Bishop Sycamore. Well, did you see, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to make it after. Did you see the complex article that came out about some like former player from Bishop Bishop Sycamore that like basically revealed like all like the secrets about how it all like came together and like how these kids were living in like hotels and like 
they said that the school was being built and they just shoved them in a hotel for like a few months and like you just got like guys sleeping on the floor and like they're stealing from Walmart to eat and like the yeah. owner of the school's writing fake checks and that's why the head coach of the team has an arrest warrant out for him and for fraud and everything. Jeez. Yeah. It's all bad. Yeah. Crazy. Just crazy. But yeah, so a true I mean, a true con. It was, yeah. it's wild to see i mean did you see the memes on twitter of like who some of the administrators for the school were and the coaches no yeah i'm <laughs> sure they were good they said the school administrator was Lori lachlan yeah that makes sense they she probably was they said they put up a the gridiron gang movie poster yeah, yeah that one makes sense yeah it was classic classic uh, internet funny. memes but all right before we we talk about some nfl hometown headlines I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by J Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs, whether you're buying, selling, or looking to rent here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 02068311. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here so I won't get fired. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we left them on the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson. Toward the end zone. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. And Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. So with training camp coming to an end this past week and and final cuts uh, being made official yesterday, I figured we'd start with some hometown headlines, Tyler, uh, because on the last day of cuts, there, there was some roster movements, maybe not necessarily with cuts, uh per se uh with the seahawks and rams but they they made some trades and um a couple uh contract restructures uh happened so uh why don't you give an update on what happened with the seahawks uh yeah with the with the last day of cuts and everything like yeah, that Yeah. so their last final roster spot is going to go to sydney jones who they traded for a cornerback from jacksonville uh, Sidney Jones is is familiar with the Seattle area. He was a UW alumni, um, so that's going to be and and uh, cornerback is a position in need for for the Seahawks. So to be able to add some depth and get a kid that's like familiar with the area and all that, that's um, that was a good pickup. I feel like if you're getting a veteran, you're not going with maybe an undrafted free agent or something like that. Um, and then you know we've got our, so so with we we've they brought out the 52 man roster and, and Sidney Jones is presumed right. the 53rd. So right. they're just we waiting have, for that trade to be official. Right? We have, yep. We have our 53 man roster. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of surprises to me, uh, but I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to see this squad. I think the big name left off, no KJ, Wright, Which we've talked about before. So that was kind of disappointing. Um, our special teams is, I, I, I think our special teams, like, I forget Jason Myers was like all pro kicker <laughs> last year. He didn't miss a kick. And we got Michael Dixon, who I think is the top three punter in the league. So um, there's a lot of stuff to be excited for uh, with the Seahawks roster. Um, you know, starting with Russell and, and, and falling down from there. 
Yeah, so uh, with the Rams, I think the the biggest question mark surrounding the the final days of training camp and, and final cuts and everything was what were they going to do about Johnny Hecker? He was going into the season as the highest paid punter in the NFL, but realistically it's like with how much money is locked up in other guys in more important, I hate saying more important positions than punter because I listen to Pat McAfee so much and he talks about so much of the importance of, oh, yeah. of a punter and field position yeah. and all of that. So yeah. I want to, I want to quickly retract what I was about to say, but other skill positions uh, where the Rams have m- a lot of money locked up there, there were a lot of questions on what they were going to do with, with Johnny Hecker and they were able to work out uh, a contract restructure with him and they were able to retain him. And I think obviously being able to keep a player and a punter like Johnny Hecker, who is the best punter in all of football, that's huge for the Rams. He's been a huge part of this team's success over the years, especially back when uh, Bones, uh, John Fossil, was the special teams coach uh, a few years ago before moving on to a couple other teams. He's now in Dallas. I've been watching him on Hard Knocks. He's had, he's had a couple of good moments on there. Hmm. Um, but... I mean, locking up Johnny Hecker, at least for, for this year, because I think obviously it's it's very clear that the Rams are are all in on this year uh, with making the trade for Matthew Stafford uh, and moving on from Jared Goff. But they also had to uh, get rid of the other punter that they brought in in competition with Johnny Hecker, Corey Bajorquez, uh, but they traded him to Green Bay along with a 2023 seventh-round pick in exchange for a 2023 sixth round pick. So getting a sixth round pick in uh, a couple of years, who knows what that turns into. Uh, but they obviously had to make uh, some roster moves to to make room uh, to bring back Johnny Hecker. Hecker, uh, you know, you're, I mean, Pat McAfee's right. Good punter is a big deal. Uh, it, they they are important. I'm I'm a big believer. I was a punter in high school myself. <laughs> I used to uh, always tell the defensive coordinator, you know, a key to a good defense is a great punter. Field and position is key. He hated that, um, <laughs> but uh, there's some truth there. So it is a good investment, and I think that, you know, when you're talking about Super Bowl runs, every field goal, every punt matters. So yeah, um, those kind of things can win you games. Definitely. So I mean that that's really all the news from from the hometown teams um i i mean the rams they i saw a tweet earlier today they named their captains uh for the offense the rams had like eight captains last year right yeah i think they got uh like eight again hold on i'll bring up the tweet they just tweeted yeah we looked this rule up um because i used to think it was like you know it used to be like special teams uh offense and defense and then now they're just kind of loose with the rule, and every team kind of does their own thing. So here we go. Here are the captains for the Rams this year. Uh, we got Johnny Hecker, who we just talked about. Of course, he's he's been a captain since he, uh, for a few years now. Uh, we got Jordan Fuller, a young uh, defensive player. Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford, Andrew Whitworth, old reliable. Uh, Robert Woods, Jalen Ramsey, and Aaron Donald. Yeah, that's a lot. So it's uh, three defensive players. Uh, Four offensive players and one punter. Yeah. One special teams. That's a lot. A lot of captains. Hey, 
We got a lot of leaders on the hey, team. Hey, yeah, man. no, that's fine. Do what you got to do. <laughs> All right, you you got anything else from the Seahawks? No, man. I think uh, you know, last week we covered quite a bit, and um, we haven't made a lot of changes. So Seahawks are kind of old, reliable. We, we got to now. Now we're at that point. We got to see these guys play. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, it's we got we got Russ, we got John, we got Pete. You know, it's it's same old Seahawks. Yeah, and it's like we said, eight days away till the start of the regular season. Yeah, I'm hyped. I'm ready to is go. It, who who's the Thursday night game? Dallas and Arizona. Is that what it is? I don't know. Hold on, I have the schedule up. Oh no, Dallas and Tampa Bay. Yeah, there we go. All right, I knew it was a Dallas and a red team. So we we got Dallas going to Tampa Bay uh, on opening night, uh, Thursday, September 9th, next week, and this Sunday, Tyler. The TSK Show Fantasy Football League draft. Yes, sir. Yep, we got the draft at six thirty on Sunday night. It's gonna be it's gonna be lit. I got a draft on Thursday night, tomorrow night. I got a draft Friday night, and then a draft Sunday night. I got Sunday Monday. So my weekend is full of fantasy football. That's good though. You'll be you'll be rolling by the time that last draft comes around. You'll be dialed in. Why do you think I'm very excited that the TSK Show Fantasy Football yeah. League draft is last? I will yeah. be well prepared. Yep, dialed in. Yes, and trust me, I need all the help I can get this year. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be unpredictable. It's a deep league, big rosters. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's hit a couple of other headlines from around the league. Um, I think the biggest story from around the NFL was Cam Newton getting released by the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick making that definitive move and naming Mac Jones the starter for the Patriots going into week one for the regular season. I'm not going to say that my theory on Cam missing those five days and it being the perfect opportunity for Mac to slide in and take the job from him is is really what sealed the deal for for Bill Belichick to make that decision, but I'm not going to say it wasn't. You know, I definitely didn't put into account as much as I should have. Like, you need your quarterback one to be vaccinated. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if Cam's vaccinated or not. He's not. But I I assumed he wasn't. And uh, man, if you're if you're the number if you're the franchise quarterback, you know what I mean. We just and we're we're relying on you to play. We can't put it up to chance that the morning of the game or the day before the game or the week before the game, you come down with COVID. Your best you know? ability is uh, availability. Your best ability is availability. And so I, I do think that like <clears throat> right now, if you're, if you're a player that's not getting vaccinated, it's going to be hard to want to lean on you a lot. Um, so, you know, I think ultimately Mac Jones played well enough to where they're like, we have a Jared Stidham that's been in our, you know, well, I don't. System. I'm not sure if Stidham's made the team. I know they cut. Well, he's got to be their backup quarterback. Well, they cut and re-signed Brian Hoyer. That's who's really going to be the backup yeah, quarterback. So you know they've got guys in the system that know. They got guys that know the system that can play if something were to happen with Mac Jones. So keeping Cam is essentially just an unnecessary risk for them at this time. And listen, Bill Belichick was asked directly if Cam being unvaccinated contributed to him being released and bill belichick said no obviously obviously this was after the news had already come out that the jacksonville jaguars were being investigated by 
the NFL and NFL Players Association for cutting players because they were unvaccinated. So, I mean, it's just I mean, if you're an organization, you know, it's going to be hard for for them to say like you cut someone cuz you could come up with so many different reasons to yeah. cut somebody and it but the truth of the matter be you cut them cuz they're not facts. And you cut them because you can't you can't rely on them to to you know, to perform week in and week out. But I think in Cam Newton's case, and this is strictly in Cam Newton and the New England Patriots case, I never thought, even last year, that Cam Newton was the long-term solution in New no, England. No, and he was, and he wasn't. He was. It was like a match made. It was a perfect match. It was a guy that needed an opportunity, and it was a it was a team that just lost their franchise quarterback. And he was the best available, really, at the so, time. Yeah, so it it worked out. Um, it worked out for the time being as just kind of a. a a crutch into Mac Jones or whatever the Patriots are going to do in the future. Cam got his opportunity and, and did what he could and we'll see what happens with him now, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know where he could go. I think Houston's really the only option. I think Houston is, is maybe really... Denver. No, I, I don't see They're set on Teddy, but I mean, yeah, I don't see Denver making a play for him. Um, He's not a backup either. This is a tough. This is a tough. Exactly. That's where. This is a tough scenario where it's going to be tough for him to play backup unless it's with a certain guy, um, you know, a big name guy maybe. But yeah, I, I didn't mean, even honestly. I didn't even think about Houston. Houston's that's that's in array. You know, like similar to the Patriots last year, they just lost their franchise quarterback, even though Deshaun's on the fifty-three man roster. Yeah, he did make the fifty-three man roster, but they're not going to play him. Yeah, it's more symbolic. You know, it's more of like a just. Well, they have to keep him on so they can trade him and get something yeah, in return it's a, for him. It's just, yeah, it's just to go through the just go through the hoops. Um, so he's not going to be playing any games. You know, I don't know if they they just want somebody to be competitive or not. Uh, they could be just looking for a full rebuild, and in that sense, like Cam really doesn't help you out either. Okay, hear me out. I'm and I'm literally was thinking of this as you were talking. I'm I'm thinking this through in my brain the bears they're starting andy dalton week one against the rams yeah the bears were the other team that i was uh, i think i was spitballing last night so they're starting andy dalton week one against the rams i obviously don't think the bears will win that game um and that i think will lead to chicago fans calling for justin fields to start automatically week two Andy Dalton lost week one I think the Bears fans are going to be done with him after the first mistake he makes the the Bears fans might be but as a, a organization you can't be that quick to pull your but with Nagy and get uh Nagy and their GM's jobs basically on the line I think this year I think they're going to be forced to make a move before they might want to they go with Justin Fields. Maybe Cam sits out a couple of weeks. Yeah, that, the the first yeah. first couple of weeks, and until he finds the right situation. But maybe Justin Fields gets moved into the starting position in Chicago. The Bears move on from Andy Dalton, whether releasing him, trading him, whatever. They bring in Cam Newton to kind of mentor Justin Fields in Chicago. No, that's the 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 bears are a good one for sure i think the bears were the other uh, like most likely destination interesting that's that that was the other team though last night i was spitballing with Corey. um oh other than that i think we're we're looking at it you know wait for an injury scenario 
Yeah, and I think that's honestly the, the most likely. Yeah, and that leads into the scenario where I think Cam Newton misses the first few weeks of the season where he's just sitting at home kind of waiting for the right scenario to, to fall in his lap and for that phone to ring. Dallas, I think, was the other team that I was spitballing because just, you know, we'll see. If Dak if, doesn't stay healthy. Yeah, we'll see if Dak can hold up. Interesting. Okay. I could see the Cowboys signing Cam if if Dak went down just because of how obsessed you know Jerry Jones is trying to win. Yeah, and I mean, Jerry Jones will always try and sign the best available talent, I feel like. Yeah, big names, sell jerseys, the whole nine. Yeah, that, I mean, Cam Newton in a Cowboys jersey, that'll definitely sell some tickets and jerseys. Yeah. So, all right, the next thing on the list that I have, unless you had anything else with Cam no, Newton. No, 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 no. I think uh, that's a tough scenario. I think we may have seen the end. Yeah. So, all right, next thing. Jameis Winston was named the starter in New Orleans over Taysom Hill. There's a lot going in New Orleans right now, so I'll just kind of list them all out, and then we can kind of talk about the Saints as as a whole. So Jameis Winston named starter in New Orleans over Taysom Hill. Michael Thomas will miss the first six weeks of the season after being placed on the PUP list. Devontae Freeman was cut, which adds another big name to the running back market. And the Saints, unfortunately, because of what happened in New Orleans with Hurricane Ida, they're going to be playing at least the first quarter of the season away from New Orleans. Uh, their first game is against Green Bay. That's going to be in Jacksonville on Sunday. Jacksonville, I believe, has a morning game that day, and Jack- uh, Green Bay and New Orleans are going to be uh, kicking off in the afternoon. So it's going to be back-to-back games in, in Jacksonville on uh, next Sunday. So they're going to be based in Texas. I believe they're going to be training at a TCU for the time being. Uh, that's kind of going to be their home base while uh, everything in New Orleans gets situated. Um, I know a lot of people are without power, water, uh, gas, and all of that. So our our obvious best wishes and, and prayers to, to everybody in New Orleans. Uh, shout out to my guy, Austin Ratbaum. Obviously, he does the beats and stuff for, for the show. He's down there right now. So uh, thinking of you, Austin, and, and all of that. But uh, Tyler, what what's going on in New Orleans? Were you shocked to to see Jameis win the no, battle no. over Taysom? No, no. Uh, okay, I thought. Yeah, we talked about this in the quarterback battle. Well, you thought they were going to go back to the combo. They are. They're, this is what this is the combo. Taysom Mills not the starter. He has his package. Um, Taysom Mills going to get. He's going to get a good amount of snaps. Uh, it's not. This is not a traditional quarterback room or a traditional like. Um, game plan to use these guys so Jameis is the 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 obvious choice as far as a drop back passer kind of run run the offense guy and then Tyson Hill is going to be able to play off of all that you think it's going to be like 60 40 70 30 80 20 yeah that I mean I think the I think the 70 30 is probably the most most uh realistic um but it's really going to roll off Sean Payton's gut and what he's feeling in the in the moment what he's feeling with the matchups uh Taysom Hill's Taysom Hill you know you got to think of it like it first started out with like eight plays and you know now now we're a couple years down this thing he's got a lot of stuff he can do with Taysom Hill um so there's going to be a lot of different opportunities to use him um but when it comes to like the in between the 20s uh regular kind of offensive type stuff you know getting the run game going um getting the short pass game going 
Jameis is going to be that guy. And then Jameis is also a guy that's going to be pushing it down the field, which is what Sean Payton does. So look for Jameis to have those three interception, three touchdown type of games and, and throw up some big numbers. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm guessing he'll – I mean, with – losing michael thomas that's gonna be a, a huge factor but i still think he has a chance to put up maybe 4500 yards this year yeah well the only reason he wouldn't is because he's probably not gonna play like essentially a quarter of the game you know yeah that's um, fair but he's gonna throw up numbers i mean he's gonna be he's gonna have big time numbers it may not be efficient he may not have that i mean drew Brees had the all-time completion percentage you know, so you're looking at a 10% drop-off. just off At top. least. At, at least, 10%. Like, that that big of a drop-off. And then you're looking at, you know, you could have 20 interceptions from this guy. So, but he also gives you a lot, too. I mean, he's led the league in, he's led the league in yards before. He's, he's led, led the, the league, league in touchdowns. touchdowns so, and interceptions. And interceptions. So, that, the, you know, uh, he's, he's a gift and a curse. But they'll use him in the right way. Although I just think it's going to be a tough season for the Saints, even though they're super talented, um, the 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 home scenario is tough to get around. It's going to be tough playing on the road all these weeks. Um, it's it's tough on the body, tough on the team, tough on the families. So well, you know, we, similar to the to the Raptors this this last season, you saw an obvious drop off in production when it comes to the win column. So. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, I think this is the year the Saints are not making the playoffs. Yeah, I, I just think this slow start and 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 no Drew Brees and no Michael Thomas. Like Alvin Kamara is going to be leaned on a lot. Um, that yeah, I mean that's really the the main offensive weapon that they they, they have left. And now and now you know before you couldn't you couldn't you know you had eyes on Kamara because he's Alvin Kamara, but now it's like the entire defense only cares about Kamara. Drew Brees could make you pay if that's how you play defense against Kamara. Is Jameis Winston and T Taysom Young going to make you pay? Taysom Hill. Taysom, what did I say? Taysom Young. <laughs> Taysom Hill. Uh, I don't know gonna, where you got Young from. Yeah, I don't either. Um, are they going to make you pay? I, I don't know. Definitely not like Drew Brees did. So they're a little more one-dimensional and predictable. But, again, the, the dual quarterback uh, thing is going to be interesting to watch. It could work out great. This is one of the – this is definitely the best scenario I've ever seen for a two quarterback uh system. Yeah. And I think the the Toronto Raptors, Tampa Bay Raptors comparison is perfect for the Saints. And I know it's not going to be all season, or hopefully not all season. I, I we don't I don't really know the extent personally of the damage down in New Orleans or if if there's any damage to the Superdome or if there's any damage to the, the practice facility or anything like that. But it doesn't seem like it's gonna be only for four weeks. Right. And that just adds a whole nother element and really a whole nother opponent like we've been talking about with another opponent being COVID. So it's like the the Saints, they have to deal with their opponent that they're playing that week on the field, COVID as an opponent and guys trying to stay healthy. And then they have to deal with not being in their home facility, their home building, their actual physical home their beds, all of that comfortability is taken away from them. So that's just an added opponent that they have to go up against. It's a big one too. Like I can, I, you know, you can't really put a value on how much like, you know, your sleep, your routine, your, your, your comfort, your, well, and your athletes are all about their routine, your surroundings, what you're, what you're used to. It's just like, you're, yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine running this, this billion dollar team, 
you know, into a hotel. You know, I mean, this is a production. You got film rooms. You got to, you know, you've got weights. You need, you need practice. There's so much stuff you need it's like to run the, a football it's team. It's like in the bubble, Jimmy Butler got, apparently got in trouble for lifting weights in his room because he would drop the weights and whoever was below him would complain. It's it's going to be tough, and, and I just don't know. I mean, it would be – Sean Payton is definitely set up to be like coach of the year. Well, you know what I mean? He could definitely do that because he's he has so much adversity in front of him. But I I think it's unfortunately going to go the other way, and they're going to be looking at seven wins. If anybody can do it, it's Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints because uh, Sean Payton they've is, done it before. No, nah, yeah, it, that that's the thing. This this is a fighting franchise. These this is a a fighter's mentality town or city. You know, like they've been through been through this kind of stuff before and they came out super bowl champs so hurricane ida hit on the 16 year anniversary of hurricane katrina yeah that's uh that's that's just an unbelievable <laughs> i can't believe it's been 16 years yeah it was 2005 2006 I, something yeah, like that that's wild but um yeah i mean i i think you know with all the with all the different stuff they're battling um, you know, Drew Brees retirement, Michael Thomas injury, um, Hurricane Ida, that COVID-19, it just, that that's just too much. The quarterbacks, honestly, I don't, like in a normal year, year like of all that other stuff is like if Michael Thomas is healthy, they're playing in New Orleans. Um, the quarterbacks, I think, are fine. I don't think the the quarterbacks are going to be why they lose. Yeah. It's just they're, they're as a team and an organization – they're facing a tough season. Definitely. All right. Last thing I had before we get into our early, early predictions for the awards and Super Bowl. Uh, Malcolm Butler was placed on the retired list by the the Arizona Cardinals, I think, in a very weird and shocking move. Um, I feel like Malcolm Butler has been a very mysterious player ever since getting benched uh, in the Super Bowl or right the night before the Super Bowl. Um, but aside from that, Malcolm Butler is one of the best cornerbacks in all of football. So the Cardinals losing Malcolm Butler to apparent retirement and also Patrick Peterson to free agency, that's a huge hit to the Cardinals secondary. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's gotta be something personal. You know what I mean? Oh, maybe, yeah, I'm maybe, sure maybe, it is. Maybe he came out and just got – and it could be something as simple as, like, he came out and got worked, and it was just like, I don't – you know, I don't got it anymore. You know, it – Vontae Davis people did it in that. halftime of a game. Yeah, people have done it before. You know, it, it's tough being – when you're an elite competitor like that and you lose a step or you can't do things you used to be able to do. And it's like that moment where it's like, I'm not shit, saying, this I'm not is the moment where I realize. Yeah, I'm not saying that's what it was, but – No, I have no idea what it was. You just want to like try to, you know, try to reverse engineer it. Like, what would you do? Like, how would you leave? Why would you leave the game quietly? You know, why would you not make a fuss of it? Uh, maybe it's something, you know, that's a humbling experience like that. Maybe it's something personal. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's a health, you know, something that's not like a, a ligament. You know, maybe it's a, it's a health condition that he's developed. Who knows? There, there's a ton of different reasons. Also, I think I've got this weird suspicion. The Cardinals are just stra they're just like stashing retired players <laughs> for the playoff run with Butler and Larry. Uh, I've got 
I got a feeling maybe both those guys can come back wearing a Cardinals uniform. You don't think they've officially sent in their papers they've got, yet? They've got a 55-man roster right now <laughs> with Larry and Malcolm Malcolm Butler on their retired list. <laughs> well, I mean, who knows? No, nah, but I mean, if, if not, if we never see Malcolm strap him up again, that dude, you know, I'm a Seahawks fan. So, obviously, the Patriots were... You're haunted by him, I know. I'm hot, but the Duke of Ball can't can't lie he had a great career so if i if i never get to see him uh strap on the pads again it, it was it was always good competing against that dude yeah so all right now we got some early predictions for the nfl awards and also the super bowl uh so tyler why don't you kick us off first who is your yeah. early mvp prediction yeah so it was tough like first of all you got to put the the seahawks stuff to the side right you know i tried to separate myself um not just say russ Um, i think i was pretty unbiased with this and then it's like it's so tough for me not to go with Mahomes, just because i think the the chiefs it's like fuck you could just give all these awards to the chiefs um moms but uh i'm gonna take a stab and go with my gut okay and go with a guy that i think is I believe in, and um, he could have an FU campaign. Not the FU campaign you probably think I'm going to say. I think we might be on the same page here. No, we're not. No, I don't. I know you're thinking I'm thinking Aaron Rodgers, but I'm not. I'm thinking Baker Mayfield. Oh, okay. I like, Interesting. I like Baker this year with MVP. The first, the first time back to back coaches. So he's got a, he's got the same coach for two years in a row. For the first, first time ever. First time in his career, doesn't have to learn a new playbook for the first time in his career. We've got the best running back duo in the game in Chubb and Kareem Hunt. We've got Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry on the outside. And then coupled with, you know, a really dynamic defense led by, you know, probably the second best defensive player in the league in Miles Garrett. He's got he's got all the things that a quarterback needs to really, you know, pop off. He's got it. He's got the offense. He's got the coaches. He's got the offensive support. They've got a good enough defense. Um, and they have, and they have a good offensive line. So I really think that Baker is poised to really throw up some insane numbers and the Browns wins are really going to help him out in this category. If the Browns can get to like 12, 13 wins, Baker's stats are probably going to be, probably going to be pretty nuts so interesting I'm, I, I i thought about russ i thought about Mahomes. rogers you know creeps in your mind because you know he hates the nfl <laughs> and he's going to be on his war path he's going to be year. on his war path but i really like baker mayfield in his fourth year really coming into like the elite status they made the playoffs last year um this is this is the year interesting okay all right well I'm going with someone who is also a younger quarterback. Um, but I think this person, I think, had their coming out party last year. But this year, this like this upcoming year, I think this year is going to be the year that he proves, like, no, I'm here and I'm here to stay. And I think the MVP of the NFL next year is going to be Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. Yep, that's a popular pick. I, I've I've yet to really... Yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I haven't I haven't gotten on up ahead of that yet. Well, like, I, think... I mean, people really like Josh Allen. He's, I mean, they got him as like a top 10 NFL player right now. I, I'm not going that far. 
I don't, I don't know. That's if the a, players, I think, had him in the top 10. That's pretty crazy then. But here's my thing. Second year with Stefan Diggs. Obviously, the, the chemistry with him was clearly there last year. And last year, they saw that the window was open for them to take the division. This year, I think, with what happened with the Patriots and Cam Newton being released and Mac Jones being named the starter, the guys up in Buffalo see that New England is still in flux. They got a rookie starting quarterback. Who knows what's happening in Miami with Tua? They might make a trade for Deshaun Watson if he could play. The window is still open, and and the division is still theirs for the taking, and yeah. I think they're going to be the ones that really – they're take it to the AFC and really take it to the Chiefs this year to give them some competition. Yeah, the, the, ah, see, that's where it's like, man, they're, I just don't see them as competition for the Chiefs. I don't know, man. They're a good football team, and they have a really good defense, and what I really like, what they have going for them, is they're, they're a cold-weather team. So late in the year, they're tough to beat. Yeah. They've got a big, strong quarterback. He's got big hands, big arm. You know, that kind of stuff you need in the snow. You can control the game. We can't underestimate Bill's Mafia either. Bill's Mafia is big time, um, and that goes along with the defense and the weather. Those are tough. I mean, that's the same with the Seahawks. You know, that's the kind of combination they hung their hat on was, you know, defense, home crowd, the weather. You got to play. You got to come in and play the elements, too. Yeah. Um, But Josh Allen, for sure, could be an MVP candidate this year, and I don't think that's an unpopular pick. Yeah. I think a lot of people see him, like, becoming you know one of the elite of the elite he's mobile he's big strong it 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 makes sense yeah all right now the the award that i think both of both you and i think is the dumbest award in all of football the offensive player of the year yeah who do you have yeah i'm gonna go with patrick Mahomes. okay i i just I, i like i said it's it's tough for me not to pick Mahomes in any any sort of uh, any sort of offensive setting, I just think there's might be voter fatigue with with the Chiefs and, that's, and Mahomes. That's, yeah, well, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to fight voter fatigue. But when it's like <laughs> when you really when you really look at the when you really look at it on paper, man, it's tough not to pick those guys. Well, my offensive player of the year is probably my most biased pick out of all of this. I think it's going to be Matthew Stafford. I like. I also like. I you know I've got my main picks and I've got parenthesis picks which are like dark horses <laughs> and for for the uh, for the record baker was a parenthesis pick but you just went i with had it. my homes but okay. yeah baker's like that's, no, who that's I fair really, that's who i really think like you know if i was gonna pick someone that's not just the guy you know if you asked a million people Mahomes would be in first place you know yeah. um but this is coupled with another award but i really like I really like what's stewing, and I believe it was the 2009 Adrian Peterson return from ACL surgery year. Yep, where he won Offensive Player of the Year. Almost broke Eric with, Dickerson's record. I'm feeling maybe some Saquon Barkley Interesting. Offensive Player of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year. That division sucks. Mm. He could maybe they maybe they maybe he comes out just and he is the guy that we all knew he was. You know interesting interesting I so like i'm gonna that. couple with my my offensive player you know outside of my home i do i think saquon's really set himself up for something special and i'll couple that with that is who my pick is for a comeback player the year was saquon okay well no, then no parenthesis pick there i'll i'll quickly just go to comeback player of the year and we can just get that out of the way because yeah. 
I mean, Saquon Barkley, I didn't even think of, honestly, just for whatever reason, because I thought the comeback player of the year this year was realistically going to be Dak Prescott if he could stay healthy, just because that's the easiest story. And yeah. I think that's the way the media would probably lean, especially if Dallas is able to have a better record than New York. Yeah, see, that's that's the key there. Because Saquon's in New York, baby. Exactly. So, I mean, I think either yeah. way it's Dak or Saquon. I, w- I, w- I would love – I'm a big fan of Saquon, so um, I'm not a huge Giants fan, but, but I'm not a hater on the Giants either. So, I would love to see that – No, Daniel Jones got some promise. I would love to see that Adrian Peterson 2009 season from Saquon. That'd be – It'd be dope. Really dope. It'd be fun. And and I think that it like any four of those NFC, not to get too far on a tangent, but any one of those four NFC teams, if one guy kind of steps up, they could win the division with one player. You know, what Washington I mean? like, starting Fitzmagic, baby. Yeah. And, and Fitzmagic could do it. Fitzmagic and Minshew could do it. Saquon and Dak could do it. You know, we've got two guys that are kind of journeyman quarterbacks. And we've got a, uh, and we've got two guys coming off of injuries. It's really like up in the air like that. Yeah. So all right, defensive player of the year. Who do you got? I'm going with Miles Garrett. I'm going with T.J. Watt. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I think that he's going to press for 20 sacks. I mean, he's a freak. Yeah. And, no. And he's on. Right that's a now. that's a great pick. He has a great chance. I think obviously yeah. last year, I think and it, they, it came down to him and Aaron Donald until Miles Garrett. I think missed some time because of injury. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and he doesn't. Yeah, it's a it's a different threat. You know, yes. he doesn't pose the same like dominance. He's an edge guy, so it's like more against the quarterback than the offensive line. But this year they brought in Jadavion Clowney. Yep. To be on the opposite side of him, so he's got some support there. You can't just not pay attention to Jadavion. So right takes pressure away from uh, him. Yeah. So you you know you can't. Uh, so either way. You know, when Miles Garrett lines up at different places, he could be looking at some better, you know, better looks just because of the talent they've brought in. Well, and real realistically, the opposite happened in Pittsburgh with TJ Watt losing Bud Dupree. All the focus now is going to be on TJ Watt, but I think TJ Watt is still going to be able to put up defensive player of the year worthy numbers. Obviously, I could have gone with Aaron Donald. I think it, that's obviously a safe bias pick. But I think we were talking about voter fatigue with the, with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes maybe a little bit. I think unless Aaron Donald has a historic season again, I don't think he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year this year. It's it's amazing that he's won it as many times as he has being an interior lineman. Yeah. I mean, he gets three, four guys on him sometimes at a time. It's insane. I mean, it's I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I would I would assume, like, the closest thing probably Warren Sapp you know, that was probably the closest thing I've ever seen Aaron Donald. And I don't particularly remember three triple teams on Warren Sapp. So yeah. who who knows if he was even in that arena. Yeah. So, I mean, I think those those three guys, I think, are your front runners for, for defensive player of the year. Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Aaron Donald. Um, all right, Tyler. Offensive rookie of the year for me. Yeah. It's, I, I, foregone conclusion, it's Trevor Lawrence, especially if they can win some games. Yeah, unfortunately, this is another one of those like yeah, Trevor Lawrence has got has got to be um, it's got to be the guy. Just if it's not him, it's a, a disappointment for be, on him. He's going to be the starting quarterback for sixteen games if he stays seventeen games. Sorry, if he stays healthy. So really, the only I, per- I got to get used to that seventeen games. I don't think that. I mean, you saw Justin Jefferson had an amazing rookie season. I mean, broke 
Randy Moss records. I mean, that's how good of a re- in a season, Vikings uniform. It, that's how good of a season he had as a rookie, and he still didn't win Rookie of the Year. So I believe it's just a quarterback award essentially. Um, it's pretty tough not to you know not to give it to a quarterback. And so the only other person I think that's really in the running for it is Justin Fields. Yeah. I think if Justin Fields gets in there and starts winning some games, I'm a big Justin Fields fan, I believe. He's going to be the best quarterback in the class or, you know, as good as Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and um, if he gets an if he gets an opportunity early enough and to be in there long enough for a stretch of time, that'll give him an opportunity to win that that award. And his team's re- more ready to win than Trevor Lawrence's. So, Much more. So he has so, you know, he has some things going for him that Trevor doesn't. Yeah. All right, defensive rookie of the year, who you got? I'm going to go with Micah Pearson. Parsons. Parsons. Second time you've done that. Did I say that in the first episode? It's because it's spelled on my notes. Pearsons. Pearson. That's funny. Yeah, I'm going with Micah Parsons, Parsons. too. Maybe this is because of hard knocks. Who knows? Um, but he plays a position that, you know, I don't I don't know. I didn't know the edge rush rookies very well. There wasn't a guy that I was like, this is the one, you know, right. this is the guy that... And so I think once outside of a outside of a um, uh, an edge rusher, you know, it would be like a playmaking safety or a t- high high volume tackling linebacker, a guy that play you know can play the run in the pass, and and Micah Parsons, it, <laughs> Parson is gonna um, he's gonna play a lot. I mean, they, he's they, he's he's the one with the green dot on his helmet. He's the one with the with and, the coach in his they, ear. And they've got a lot of uh, they've got a lot of talent at linebackers, so it's not like he's gonna be getting all this coverage. He's a rookie, so I think he's gonna have a lot of a lot of uh, uh, a move. He's gonna be able to move around well, and make a lot of different plays, get a lot of tackles, um, and lead this defense. Yeah. So all right, coach of the year, who you got? I'm going. So I, I went with, I went with Bruce Arians. Interesting. What yeah, yeah. the so, defending Super Bowl champion this, champion head coach is going to be the coach of the year? They're they're returning twenty two starters from Super Bowl team. Um, this is one of the most insane rosters I've ever seen. I think that this team could definitely push like an undefeated top of season. And if if you win fifteen sixteen, you know fifteen sixteen, and for maybe the first time ever seventeen games. You're going to win coach of the year. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So, um I did, I did, I couldn't really think of, you know, I don't I don't think that uh Andy Reid would get I don't think Andy Reid's going to get it in Kansas City. And I couldn't really think of anyone that was just kind of like, you know, maybe if if it's going to be it's going to be the team that pops off that that wasn't necessarily great last year. You know what I mean? Who's doing the best coaching job? So, um, or who just gets the most wins. And when it comes to the most wins, that's going to be Bruce Arians. I think you're going to like who I have as coach of the year. Cliff Kingsbury? No. It's your boy, Brandon Staley of the Los Angeles Chargers. That could be good. That could be dope. I, I think, mean, they, I, I'm all in on the Chargers this year. Yeah. I, I think the Chargers are definitely one of those teams like the Cardinals that they're are going to pop. That, they're, they're a team that could have a breakout year to wins, where their maybe. coach could could win coach of the year. So that I mean, I got I gotta like that pick. That would that would be dope. <laughs> I, I'm I think that Herbert's gonna pass for five million yards and five million. And it's gonna be big time. Yeah. All right. Big big expectations out of the Chargers from from Tyler Pacholke. Big big expectations. They got all the pieces. All right, Tyler. 
before we move on to some some basketball stuff real quick, your way too early Super Bowl prediction. I've got unfortunately I've got a rematch of the Chiefs and the Bucks. Damn it. And um and I like I like the Chiefs this year. All right. Well, my way too early one is I tried really hard not to not to make it, not to make it so, but No, see this was this was I think the opportunity for us to be biased with the early, early prediction and just throw the Hawks in the Super Bowl and the Rams in the Super Bowl because I went Rams versus Chiefs. I like the I like the Hawks and I like the Packers and I like the Browns. You don't like the Rams. The I don't like the Rams. Not one <laughs> bit. Um I was but, trying to get him to say he liked the Rams, folks. I'm sorry. I did I did like the 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 Packers, Seahawks, and Browns were the other three teams I wanted to to kind of squeeze in there. Okay. I would look like a Brown Seahawks Super Bowl. Shit. That would be lit. <laughs> you I'd might be so stoked about that one. You might wear a Baker Mayfield jersey under a Russell Wilson jersey. No, no, no. I wouldn't have any issues that day, but leading <laughs> up to it would be sick. <laughs> AFC championship game, I'll be all in on the Browns. Well, I, I don't want to see the the Chiefs and the Bucks. I, I I don't necessarily want to see that, but these two rosters are so much better than every other team in the NFL. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really almost like the the Lakers and Nets, where it's like if both teams are healthy come the end of the year, it's like realistically, it's exactly I don't see them losing like a game. It's exactly like that. I mean, it's exactly like that. There are some respectable, you know, there are some respectable second tier. Yeah, I think there's a lot more parity in the NFL, but. Well, just just naturally off of a one-game series, there's going to be more parity, you yeah. know, but it it's it really is, a, it's two teams' season to lose. Yeah. So, I mean, with that being said, uh, talking about the Lakers and Nets and, and basketball, we, we, we might as well uh, hit the hardwood. And, and we're not talking about 2002. No, we're not talking about 2002. Uh, we were talking about 2021, but uh, we got 20, some... 20 years and nothing's changed in the NBA. It's still the Lakers and the Nets. Unbelievable. But all right, let's uh, let's hit the hardwood and uh, talk some hoops real quick. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Three seconds at midcourt. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. Before we get out of here, we just have uh, three headlines from the NBA to to talk about real quick. First, Tyler, we'll start with uh, some news regarding Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers. There, There has still been no movement on Ben Simmons as as he and the the 76ers organization have not really been in any sort of communication since the season has ended. Uh, it was reported earlier today that Ben Simmons does not plan on showing up to training camp and wants to be traded to three of the California teams. Uh, I'm guessing the Kings are the one team that he does not want to go to, um, but that's uh, a different aside. What if it was the Clippers? <laughs> Hey, what if he was like, I'll play for anyone in California with the Clippers? <laughs> that'd be, that would definitely make no, some headlines. Be, no, that'd be funny. But that, that report, uh, 
that came out that he's not going to show up to training camp reportedly followed up a report earlier this week from Shams Charania that that Simmons's days in Philly are numbered. The the 76ers have been in contact with apparently the Toronto Raptors and the Minnesota Timberwolves about potential trades, but neither team has been able to match the high price that the Sixers are asking for Ben Simmons. The Timberwolves, they want to pair Ben Simmons with Carl Anthony Towns, but they would need a third team to facilitate the trade, according to Sam, according to Shams Charania, because the, the Sixers don't think that the Timberwolves have enough to match the high asking price that, that they're asking for. And then as far as Toronto goes, I'm guessing that that deal would be centered around Pascal Siakam, but I'm not sure what else Toronto can add to that package without gutting their team completely and taking away everything that they would want to pair with Ben Simmons. Um, the Sixers, they they have their sights reportedly on Damian Lillard and wanting to obviously pair him with Joel Embiid and getting rid of Ben Simmons in the process, but Portland is adamant about not trading Damian Lillard. So where do you think this Ben Simmons saga goes from here? Because with training camp starting in a couple of weeks, I mean, one, I can't believe that NBA training camp is starting in a couple of weeks. And two, with Ben Simmons not showing up reportedly, or if he doesn't show up to training camp, what kind of message does that send? And what 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 can the 76ers do from there? Yeah, this was such a weird situation because he wants to leave. And of course, like the Sixers, like, fuck, you want to leave when you're at your all time low value. Right. You know what I mean? And they were the ones that threw him under the bus. Yeah, we could have traded you a year ago, you know, and got got something good for you. Well, they could have got what they're actually asking for him now. Yeah, but you can't. He's just still so young and, and, and still so much. I mean, promise just because, you know, he is, he is, is there. He's an effective basketball player. He he's obviously dealt with something in this playoffs that was mental with his shooting. He obviously needs to, you know, there's been great basketball players who can't shoot. You know what I mean? Like, yes. It, it, it's possible to be a great basketball player and not be able to shoot. But this last playoff run at the free throw line, that was something different. This is not just purely like you don't shoot threes. No, that was the yes. Uh-huh. This yeah, yeah. Um that that was something different. And so he obviously needs to work on this. And I think that a new spot would be the best thing to best thing for him a new you know a new identity a new start yeah uh fresh fresh faces uh fresh facility uh fresh franchise but it's going to be tough for the sixers to want to give give it's just tough to give him up for less than he's worth because of but what's his mental worth? state right now but but what's i mean you need, you need to get an all nba player back for him I think you you need to be looking at Paul George, Damian Lillard, Pascal Siakam, plus uh, Fred VanVleet or something like that. You know, well, you in, in Minnesota's either... in Minnesota's case, I think if I'm Philly, I'm not taking anything less than Anthony Edwards at least in return. And that's not enough to me. Like Anthony Edwards would not be enough. But like, Minnesota... that would be that would be a drop. I think you need an All NBA player, or you need like two All Star caliber players. And that, I mean, that's why Minnesota would have to add a third team because Minnesota wants to try and retain Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, while adding Ben Simmons. Yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. Of course they do. I mean, <laughs> so you would need you would need to like throw in a bunch of first round picks and get Portland to give him Damian Lillard for nothing. You know, I, I don't see how you could possibly think you can get Ben Simmons without getting rid of D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards. Right. Or Cat, you know. 
Well, Obviously, they're not looking for cat, but I mean, they're they're uh, their other big rookie besides um, uh, Anthony, not rookie anymore, but second year player uh, is uh, Jaden McDaniels. Yep. And so he'd probably be a part yeah. of this trade. They'd have to put Patrick Beverly in the trade to make the money work. Yep, and that's all just like pieces to other shit. You know exactly. what I mean? That's not a, that's not like the meat of the meal right there. But what I don't understand is how Philly has not come off of this high asking price when they're the ones that threw just, Ben Simmons I mean, under the bus in the first place. I know Ben Simmons is yeah. par- partially at fault for this scenario for not developing as a basketball player the way he should have since coming into the league and everything that it's, happened in these playoffs. But Philly's also at fault for the way they've handled this by throwing him under the bus, driving his stock even lower than he did himself, and still asking for such a high asking price. Yeah, well, I mean, this is similar to the Rodgers scenario where I just feel like you can't there you can't give this guy up for 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 nothing. You cannot and like I agree. live with, you cannot live with like sending him off to a team and watching them win and you're stuck with some role players or you're stuck with a couple draft picks that may or may not be valuable or you may may not even keep you know well in philly it's, they should be used to that with trust the process and so it's like i just i think that he's just too good to give up to take a deal on right now even though his stock is low it's still you because you. But what know, if he doesn't because, show because up? Because you know when you trade him, this motherfucker is gonna go off. He's gonna be he's gonna be an all star forever, whatever team he plays for. And I'm sure it's gonna get. He's still gonna be able to do all the things he did on a basketball court before, and his shooting's only gonna get better. It can only get better. It's at an all time low. It's at a. It's at the floor. Um. So. I think that Philly's playing it smart. You can't. You've got to get like two All Star players or like an All NBA Dame Lillard type of player. You know, I would be trying to get maybe Paul George involved. I don't know. You know, something. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a tough scenario because I mean, if they don't trade him, what do they do by keeping him on the roster and then he just doesn't show up to training camp? That's. I mean, that's what. That's essentially what the Packers did. You know what I mean, and and I it's, I mean yeah, it's a game of chicken. And, it, and I didn't know, you know, you don't know how these things are going to play out. Eventually, there's going to be some sort of compromise, and right now we can't really see where that compromise is going to come from. But I would think that it's going to come from other NBA teams. I don't think that the Sixers or the or Ben Simmons are going to compromise. I think one of these NBA teams is going to go out there and and try and make the deal for them. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that's what Ben Simmons is hoping. Well, with a three or four team scenario, it can happen. Oh, yeah, with that that many moving pieces, I think it it would have to happen. Yeah, that and that that probably is more the truth. It probably isn't going to be a team for team deal. Like Lillard would have made the most sense. That, um, the most sense straight up, yes. Yeah, but it's just like that's just not going to happen. No. But all if right. anything, they should just try to get CJ it's like fuck. I mean, at least that's that's like the caliber of player. You know, at least CJ is an all star. At least well, he's Siak- never CJ's technically he, he never been an all star. He isn't. That's true. But he's an all star caliber player. Yes. He Siakam. No, I love Siakam CJ. is an all star caliber player. Like if you could get you know two of those guys, you know, then all of a sudden releasing Ben Simmons and everybody else doing all this like movement. Now th- this wouldn't happen. But what if Milwaukee swooped in and traded Chris Middleton for Ben Simmons? I mean, that'd be that'd be stupid. <laughs> That'd be a horrible move 
for Milwaukee. That's like, why I said it would never happen. Is this your shooting? I was just thinking of another I mean, all-star caliber player in the East. Yeah, well, there's that was not the that, first one that came to mind. There's not that many. No, but all right, moving on to to the next headline because who knows what's going to happen with Ben Simmons? It's it's going to be a game of chicken until training camp starts, and if we wait and see if he shows up or not. Um, but one of the other big names that has been talked about in free agency since the dust has kind of settled is uh, or was restricted free agent Lowry Markkinen. The Bulls had made a lot of moves uh, this offseason. They obviously made the trade in season last year, getting Nikola Vucevic, and that I think was kind of the the first sign of the end for Lowry Markkinen in Chicago. But the Cleveland Cavaliers have acquired Chicago Bulls restricted free agent Lowry Markkinen as part of a three-team sign-and-trade agreement. Cleveland is signing Markkinen to a four-year, $67 million contract, and the Cavs are sending forward Larry Nance Jr. to the Portland Trailblazers and a 2023 second-round draft pick via the Denver Nuggets to Chicago in the trade, and then Portland is trading Derek Jones Jr. and a lottery-protected 2022 first-round pick to Chicago. So Lowry Markkinen is in... Cleveland, Larry Nance Jr. is in Portland, and Derek Jones Jr. is in Chicago. Yeah, dope, dope pickup for Portland. Huge pickup for Portland. I think that's a great move for them yeah, getting Larry yeah. Nance Jr. I think that's a definitely like basketball upgrade from Derek Jones. Oh yeah, um, right. That's yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, but like Cleveland to me, I mean, like when you put the names Larry Nance. Uh, Larry Nance, Derek Jones Jr., and Laurie Marketing in, in on a list, and you rank them. I think Laurie Marketing still has the most potential of those three players. Like yeah. Nance has had some productive years, but we know what Laurie he Markkinen, is as a player. Yeah, Laurie Marketing showed like some flashes of, of being a really good basketball player, um, and he was a top what ten pick, top five uh, pick. He was definitely lottery. He, he was way up there. Um, and I mean, it wasn't that long ago where. The Bulls were, you know, seventh overall. Kind of fantasizing about, you know, a Markin and Wendell Carter front court. Um, so he's going to go to a team that, you know, he really has no pressure. Uh, they have a deep, they have a deep rotation of big guys. They just drafted. It's Evan. almost a logjam. I, I honestly don't understand the move. No, I love it. It's great. I feel like, you know, five big guys. Taco Fall is a is a clear. Third, they signed him. Yeah, he's a third. He's a clear third stringer. You know what I mean? He's not going to be a every single night player. Well, think about the so bigs that they have on got, their roster. You've got though. two starting, and you've got two coming off the bench. Um, and I think I think it's going to be it's going to work out well. What's going to be weird is where Kevin Love fits in. Well, and uh, he said he's not taking the buyout. He wants his sixty million dollars over the next two years. Yeah, probably because he's been through a lot of bullshit. You know, sticking yeah. sticking with this franchise. Um, so I I do I like Jared Allen and Evan Mobley um, at, at you know, Evan Mobley probably won't start the season at the four, but I think eventually that's where they're going to go. So you could see either Caleb or Marketing starting at the four, and both those guys I think in the past have been better. Um, or or you'll have Kevin Love. If Kevin Love's a backup center, that's a tremendous talent coming off the bench. Yeah. Um, as a backup center, obviously. If he's as, healthy, yeah. Yeah, as a starter, it's it's a little, it's it's a little more frightening, but. As a, as a core young three, Laurie Markkinen, Jared Allen, and Evan Mobley, that's pretty solid. I think you got a lot of potential right there. And to have that log jam at center and then 
They have a logjam. I mean, not a logjam, but they've got two young, promising guards in Colin Sexton and Darius Garland as well. So, Hoping one of those pans out. So they're they're trying to protect the positions that are the most important. Like I would say, the easiest positions to acquire like a good basketball player would be forward, the three and the four. It's tough to get a good five. You have to have good guards, or you're just going to be nothing. Like everybody has an all star guard. Well, yeah, and I think if you if you really look back at it. Uh, like look back through history, most champion most championship teams had a star big man and a star guard. Yeah, and like the forward is obviously a dominant position this last era with the KDs, the Bronze and Mellows and and Kawhis of the world. But I think as as like far as like those guys are just like so rare. Yeah, they're anomalies. There's a ton of good bigs and guards. Like you have to have a good rotation with those two positions. So. Um, I I like I think that the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to be a playing team. Interesting. They've got they've, okay. got they've got enough young guys now that it's like the Kevin Love is just kind of like there still, you know, like Jared Allen, Darius Garland, um, Laurie Marketing, um, uh, Jetty Osman, all these guys are ready to ready to win now, and I think they're they're going to play harder because people are counting them out, and now collectively as a group they've got a good amount of talent. It's not just like one or two of them. It's five of them i don't know if i have that much belief in the cleveland cavaliers just yet i'm gonna have to wait and see what it looks like on the court first there's a lot of bad teams in the east yes that uh, only five don't make it so that's very true yeah so all right last but not least we got another familiar face returning to los angeles returning to the lakers rajon rondo is signing a one-year 2.6 million dollar deal with the los angeles lakers Upon clearing waivers on Monday, Rajon Rondo agreed to a contract buyout with the Memphis Grizzlies over the weekend. He's still going to make his full $7.5 million salary that he originally signed with in the offseason, or that was in his contract when he was traded to Memphis, because he was traded to Memphis this offseason from Atlanta, or excuse me, from the Clippers, uh, after Atlanta had traded in midseason last year. Um, but with the buyout and his new deal with the Lakers, he's still going to make that full $7.5 million. Um, I think this is a good move, bringing Rondo back. He's a veteran guard. He's a leader. He's a trusted voice in this locker room. Um, I think he is going to be a good mentor for guys like Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn. Obviously, he has previous experience mentoring THT. Um, and I think if... God forbid something were to happen to LeBron James or Russell Westbrook during the season. Rajon Rondo is a reliable ball handler who can set up an offense and get things going for the Lakers. It's a it's a good pick because it's Rondo. The position and the skill set is is a little weird. Um, I don't. I mean, he doesn't necessarily fill in any basketball uh, skill sets that they needed. I mean, I guess ball handling it would be one, but. Well, here's the thing, Tyler. It's it's an emergency. He's emergency type of ball handler for the Lakers because they're flushed with that right now when they're healthy. Um, and also, I think it really is showing that they're dedicated. I think they're dedicated to Ant playing the five. I think that's definitely a clear because, sign, and and I think Anthony Davis will be playing the five more. But with regard to Rondo, he said in media availability since being signed on the Mason and Ireland show on ESPN here in LA that the Lakers talked to him about his role. He's going to be ready whenever his number is called. He's not going to play as much as he likes or wants to, but he'll be ready when he's called upon. 
Which is why it's good. I mean, they got Rajon Rondo. Like, you know what that name brings. Um, you know what that name brings. So it's like it's not a it's not a loss. It's not a bad pickup by any by any means. I just he, you know he he doesn't provide the you know the shooting that they need. Um, and you know unless I and like I said I I do think that this shows their commitment to Ant playing the five because I thought they should win after a third big. They've only got two centers on their roster, two true centers in Marcus Gasol and Dwight Howard. Yes. Who are both, you know, up there in years. So one of these guys goes down, you only have one center on your roster now. So I thought that last roster spot really should have went towards a, you know, well, a big. It's a not five. it's not the last roster spot though, Tyler. Or the twelfth the twelfth roster. They got they got two more roster spots open, which uh I think they're saving one for the buyout, and I think there's one potential signing left before the season starts that I think is probably, hopefully, in my opinion at least, going to go to maybe a, a wing defender-type yeah. player. Because they, they've got 13 guys now, right? Yes. Yeah, so it just doesn't seem like, you know, it seems like they have the the players that are going to play. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just thought that, you know, picking up a third center would just be kind of an insurance policy for injury's sake. There's been some rumors about DeAndre and, Jordan, and I think that could be potentially the, the buyout just, spot that they yeah. could be leaving just because, open. you know, man, that's just a risk. Like, if Gasol and Dwight, one of those two can't go, you literally only have one center. There's been reports about Gasol not being in the in the future plans for the Lakers even before the season starts. They they could move on from him, whether it's trade or retirement. Who knows what yeah. could happen? So, with Gasol. so it's like in all of these those kind of things, it's they've got a plenty of small ball centers and they have Ant. So it's like if you're not going to pick up a big Rajon Rondo is a win big time. Yeah. Now Rajon Rondo's brother was the one screaming at Russell Westbrook in the bubble. Uh, when the Houston Rockets and Lakers were playing in that series, and and Rondo's brother, I believe, was ejected from the game in the bubble. But from everything I've read from insiders, that there won't be any issues between Rondo and Russ. Um, I apparently it had already been smoothed over uh, long ago. And and realistically, I'm I'm on the court for Rajon Rondo. I'm not really expecting anything from him in the regular season, but come playoff time, he better be ready to go. Yeah, I mean. I guess that that's a good that's what Rondo brings. I mean, him being ready to go in the playoffs is what you want. Do you want him out there? That means probably other people aren't playing well or other people are hurt. So hopefully we just see Russ out there thirty six minutes a game. Well, and I think realistically, another way to look at this Rondo signing is Rondo's really essentially, I think, replacing Jared Dudley. Yeah, because no, he, he's he's a lot. It's a locker room fit. They've got guards. They've got ball handlers. And he's at the point where he brings more on the court than Jared Dudley did, but brings the same in the locker room as Jared Dudley does. Yeah, probably more. Yeah, maybe not the the yeah. joke and camaraderie type. Yeah. Uh, no, but he's a chemistry, leader. He's but a he's leader. a leader. Yeah, yeah he's a leader. Um, and and he's a he's a he's a winner. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, I'm excited to br- to bring Rondo back. Um, I don't think. Back in 2018, when he originally signed with with the Lakers um, before the championship even, I don't think I ever would have expected me to be excited about Rajon Rondo signing with the Lakers. That's a weird world. Yeah. But, hey, he's a Laker champion now, too, so he's forever a Laker in my book. Yeah. But, all right, uh, you got got anything else before we get out of here? Um, No. Well, I mean, 
just shout out the fancy league fancy yeah. football coming up and then you know, hit the sh- shout outs that's all that's all i've really been focused on the last week is this <laughs> fancy football and getting the draft strategy squared away and um i'm super excited it's draft week yes Vontae uh, mack no matter what always and then i'm gonna shout out my parents my mom andy and my dad joe they're celebrating their 30th wedding anniversary today so i obviously wanted to wish them a happy anniversary yeah, here on the show yeah. So yeah, happy anniversary, mom and dad. Thirty years—that's that's pretty wild. That's that's it's my whole life. Yeah, it is. It's almost my whole life. I'm I'm 27. They they had me a couple years after, but yeah, uh, September 1st, 1991. 9191. Oh, that's, nice. That's their yep, anniversary. There we go. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. So all right, with that, that wraps up episode 209 of the TSK Show for Tyler Pacholki. I am Eric, the Duke of Sports Scholar. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Sports Kingdom show. Peace.